This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Today is Saturday, February 13th, 2021. On this day in 1917, French authorities arrested Margareta Gertroida McLeod, an exotic dancer and sex worker known better as Mata Hari. The French believed she spied for Germany during World War I. Their evidence was thin, but it didn't stop them from executing her for espionage. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a Spotify original from ParCast. Due to the graphic nature of today's crimes, listener discretion is advised. Extreme caution is advised for listeners under 13. Today, we're covering the arrest of Mata Hari, who's widely believed to be one of the most notorious female spies in history. But the truth is a bit more complicated. Let's go back to the morning of February 13, 1917, in a hotel room in Paris. It seemed like an ordinary Tuesday. 41-year-old Mata Hari rose from bed, put on a delicate lace negligee, and ordered room service at the Elysee Palace Hotel. As a woman who'd spent the past 12 years working as an exotic dancer and highly paid sex worker, Mata Hari was accustomed to the finer things in life. She loved beautiful clothes, fancy restaurants, and being on the arm of an important man. True, she'd gotten entangled with French counterintelligence, which had been a mistake. When Georges Ladoux, the chief of counterintelligence, approached her to be a spy, she figured it would be another source of income, and they figured that a woman who traveled so much and had so many connections with influential men could provide useful information in wartime. But it had largely come to nothing and now she regretted ever getting involved, especially because she had the nagging suspicion that the French turned on her. For weeks now, she'd gotten the sense that she was being followed, and her hotel room was being searched when she was out. But she wouldn't dwell on that now. She was looking forward to another busy afternoon of appointments with jewelers, tailors, and manicurists. Except... Someone was at her door. She answered to find a group of men in the hall. They were French police officers. One of them, police commissioner Albert Priolet, told Matahari that she was under arrest and that his men would now conduct a search of her room. While she went to get dressed, she told herself to stay calm. After all, she had nothing to worry about. She wasn't working for the Germans. Of course, they had approached her the year before in 1916 and asked her to be a spy. They'd even given her money and a code name. But she'd never actually done anything substantial. She had just accepted the money and given some outdated information to a German intelligence officer. She knew other than that, she was innocent. All she had to do was convince the police that they had the wrong woman. France was the only country Matahari was working for. The officers hustled her out of the hotel and into a car. 
By 11 a.m., she was in front of Pierre Bouchardon, the investigating magistrate at the Palace of Justice. She told him right away that this was a mistake. French counterintelligence was playing with me, she put it. She also waved off the offer of a lawyer. All she had to do was convince this man she was innocent. Then she'd be free to go. But Pierre Bouchardon was far from convinced. In fact, he was fairly sure Matahari was guilty. In his mind, here was a woman who made her living off traveling through Europe, having sex with anyone who paid her. She had no allegiances to France. She was Dutch. She was clearly immoral to begin with. Why wouldn't she work for the Germans? He tried to get her to confess, but she held fast. And at the end of the interview, she stood up to leave. But Bouchardon told her she wasn't going anywhere, except jail. And not just any jail, but Saint-Lazare, the infamous women's prison in Paris. Later that day, she entered the grimy, rat-infested building and was led to a padded cell. There, she was stripped of her fine clothing and given a plain nightshirt. Instead of her usual delectable meals, she was given bread and boiled vegetables. It was hellish, but even still, Matahari wouldn't confess. Still, Bouchardon kept her in prison, and as the months went on, she realized she was never getting out. Up next, we'll look at how Matahari's unconventional life may have made her a target. Hi, it's Vanessa from Parcast. They say there's someone for everyone, a soul to share your secrets with, a companion to grow old with, a conspirator to commit crimes with. Starting this February on Spotify, learn about the lethal and legendary lovers who fought the law in the Parcast Limited series, Criminal Couples. If you've ever referred to your best friend or beloved as your partner in crime, this exclusive series is for you. Beginning February 1st, join me for a collection of unlawful love stories from shows across the Parcast network. Discover the extreme beliefs of cult leaders Tony and Susan Alamo, enter Fred and Rose West's real-life house of horrors, and experience the madness and motives of the San Francisco witch killers. Fall for the most famous and feared pairs in history in the Spotify original from Parcast, Criminal Couples. Enjoy two-part episodes every Monday starting February 1st. Follow Criminal Couples free and exclusively on Spotify. Spectrum Business works with small businesses nationwide, so we know that running your own business means doing it all. Marketing, sales, inventory, customer service, and more. Spectrum One for Business helps you keep it all connected for just $49.99 a month. Get fast, reliable internet, advanced Wi-Fi with security shield, and a free mobile line for one low price. Stay connected and do it all with Spectrum One for Business. Only $49.99 a month. Go to spectrum.com business to learn more. Restrictions apply. Services not available in all areas. Now, back to the story. On February 13, 1917, Matahari was arrested in Paris on charges of being a German spy. She was largely innocent, but Matahari looked like a femme fatale. 
outwardly sexual, unconcerned with morals, and irresistible to men. Matahari was dangerous. Her behavior and life choices were considered deviant, and it was this perception that convicted her more than any other piece of evidence. But in the beginning, she was just a free-spirited girl. She was born in Northern Holland in 1876. Her father adored and doted on her until he left the family for another woman. Two years later, her mother died. So 14-year-old Margareta was shipped off to school to train as a teacher, but she didn't quite have academics on her mind. Two years later, she was kicked out of school for having an affair with the headmaster. At 19, she married a Scottish officer in the Dutch colonial army, and they traveled to Indonesia to start their lives. But her husband was a chronic womanizer and gave her syphilis, which she passed on to her children. Her oldest was killed by an overdose of mercury, the only known treatment for syphilis at the time. Margareta returned to Europe in 1901, and she and McLeod separated. Then Margareta started over. She gave herself a new identity, a new job, and a new name. She christened herself Mata Hari, which means Eye of the Day in the Malaysian language. And she became a dancer, an exotic dancer. By 1905, she was a celebrity. She'd made enough of a name for herself in Paris that she did a striptease in front of a crowd of 600 people. Her signature dance involved a transparent dress, a jeweled bra, and an ornate headpiece. More often than not, she wound up at least partially naked, but she avoided indecency charges by claiming that her dances were traditional in her homeland, if anyone knew she was really just a girl from Holland, it didn't seem to matter. Pretty soon, Matahari was one of the most famous and sought-after women around. For years, she made her living by dancing. She became a highly paid sex worker, too. She had relationships with all kinds of influential and decorated men across Europe. Men who kept her in furs and jewels, long after she'd stopped dancing, and long after the rest of Europe had started living a more austere life. By 1914, it was obvious that the days of high spending and high living were coming to an end. 38-year-old Matahari was still dancing and planning a show in Berlin, but when World War I broke out in July, her life abruptly changed. By the fall of 1915, she was living in the Netherlands, restless and bored. At some point, she was approached by a German diplomat. He worked recruiting spies and asked if she'd be interested. He gave her 20,000 francs, about $60,000 today, and a code name to use when corresponding with him. The code name was H21. Matahari took the money, but she wasn't interested in the job. As far as she was concerned, that was the end of her espionage career for the Germans, except for one brief interaction that would come back to haunt her. Less than a year later, Matahari was back in her beloved Paris and trying to live as glamorous a life as she could, but she was unknowingly being watched by French counterintelligence, in particular by a man named Georges Ledoux. Ledoux was determined to weed out spies in Paris, and Matahari seemed as probable a spy as any. 
Despite the fact that he couldn't come up with evidence, Ledoux was positive she was already working for the Germans. So positive, he asked her to spy for France. That way, if she were a German agent, he'd surely find out. In exchange, he would pay her well. Matahari was never one to turn down money. And now that she was aging out of dancing, she needed the cash. She accepted. Her first assignment was to go to Spain. There, she met a high-placed German officer named Kala and quickly got him to fall in love with her. But what she didn't know was that Kala was on to her. He began feeding her incorrect information. When she relayed the bad info back to Ledoux, it only seemed to confirm his suspicions that her true allegiance was to Germany. Then Matahari's luck got even worse. In December of 1916, the French picked up some chatter on German radio. It was Kala speaking to Berlin about something Matahari had told him, and he referred to her by her original German codename, H21. This all looked very fishy to Ledoux. The fact that officers in Berlin knew her by this moniker made her look like a seasoned German agent. He had her arrested and thrown into prison. Her trial started on July 25th of 1917, but there was truly no need for one. The authorities already decided she was guilty. To them, the evidence against her was overwhelming even though on paper there was hardly any at all. The Dutch government did nothing to help her, and none of her former lovers came forward to vouch for her character. She was convicted on eight charges of espionage, and on October 15, 1917, killed at dawn by a firing squad. Her last words were, It is unbelievable. Twelve years later, in 1930, Germany officially cleared her of all wrongdoing. France, however, hasn't done the same. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from Parcast. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite Spotify originals from Parcast, like Today in True Crime, for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Today in True Crime on Spotify, just open the app and type Today in True Crime in the search bar. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Juan Borda, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Bruce Katovich. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Joanna Philbin, with writing assistance by Aaron Lan, and fact-checking by Cheyenne Lopez. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Hi, it's Vanessa again. Before you go, don't forget to check out the new ParCast limited series, Criminal Couples. From apocalyptic cult leaders to bank-robbing bandits to married mafiosos, these couples give new meaning to Till Death Do Us Part. Enjoy two-part episodes every Monday starting February 1st. Follow Criminal Couples free and exclusively on Spotify.